0: Welcome to the Church of Rocky Peaks downloadable messages and podcast. Well, good morning. Two weeks in a row, we got rain on a Sunday. Where are we living? Right? Is this like Portland or something? Uh, crazy. Uh, I'm looking forward about a month from now. I'm riding my. Uh, I'm, there's a, a conference I'm going to up in Portland. And I'm going to ride my uh, motorcycle up there. So I'm getting ready for that. Got all the cold weather gear. But not here, right? This is not Portland. So uh, I don't know what's up with that. But uh, I want to welcome you. I got a couple announcements before. We go into our time of teaching. Just want to remind you that we're in the midst of a blanket drive right now. That we're collecting blankets uh, for homeless uh, in uh, San Fernando Valley, and it's kind of our you know throughout the year we're doing these initiatives for the poor, and this is our current one. And so, if you forgot your blankets today, I encourage you to bring them uh, next week. You still have a chance. You can see them beginning the pile, beginning to grow over here. And so, we, we want to take hundreds and hundreds of blankets uh, uh, to this uh, to a shelter to help uh, the poor. And so, I encourage you to do that. Second uh, uh, what else? Oh, uh, Easter this year, we're doing something a little bit different. Um, we're going to be doing uh, baptisms on Easter, and here's why. Uh, you know, when a, when a man or woman comes to Jesus uh, for the very first time, gives their life to him, uh, the New Testament says the very first step of obedience is, is baptism. Baptism is really sort of like a symbolic picture of the gospel. It's, it's sort of a, that's what it's, it's, like a, it's, a, it's like a portrayal of the gospel that, that Christ has, has died for us and he's risen again so that we might die to our old life and rise to a new life. And so every time someone gets baptized, it's a picture of the gospel being happened. And so, so we thought, what, how, you know, what, what a better time than on Easter when we're celebrating the gospel. To have a visual portrayal of the gospel for all of us to, to see that uh, being played out, and so uh, we're excited about that. So if you're if you're a brand new believer or you're a, a longtime disobedient one, uh, either way, um, this would be a great a great step for you. And so. Uh, Inside your program, you have those little connect cards you can write in their baptism. We'll contact information. We'll send you a CD about baptism if you listen to or give you a link online, actually, so you can kind of learn about that, make sure that you're, you're clear what you're, you're uh, kind of, uh, the step you're taking. And then uh, uh, you, you can also, in the program, it talks about uh, emailing Andy Ryan in the church office. And so either way, we'll get you the information that you need to make that decision, all right? And so uh, we're going to be going into our time of teaching, assuming you are ready to go. Are you all ready to go? Okay. Hey, if you are new, welcome to you. We're glad you're here. My name is Mike, and I'm the lead pastor here. And inside your program, uh, you may not know this yet, but inside your program is a message note sheet that we use every week for our time of teaching. So definitely want to grab that out, that'll help you follow along as we we jump in. So if you'll pray with me, uh, we'll we'll jump in and get started. Father, thank you so much uh, for this day. We kid about it. We thank you for the rain. We need it so so badly, and we thank you for the way it waters the earth and kind of fills the reservoirs and and brings up the snowpack, and we're so desperate for it here in Southern California. We're thankful for the rain, and we pray, Lord, that that even as you rain upon this earth and you bring forth good things, that your word now would, would come upon us like rain, Lord, and it would... It would bring forth good things from our life, and we pray that as we come today and talk just a very important topic of temptation, the truth about temptation. We pray that you would open our, our eyes and ears to really understand how this works and and what you've done in our lives to free us from this, so we can live the life that you've designed for us. We pray this in your name, Amen. Well, our story starts today. It's uh, it's it's late one evening. It's it's uh, it's almost sunset, and. He's going to be going into the town, into the city and, and visiting some, some buddies, something he does from time to time and uh, he's, just to he's just going to walk and so he puts on a jacket, he comes out his front door, turns around, locks the door uh, as he's looking off in the distance, the sun is setting and so it's, 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 uh, it's, it's just, it's almost dark but the sun's just there and so he begins walking through the city streets and there's many blocks where he's going and there's different kind of routes, he's, this right time he's going to take a route he hasn't taken before and so he's heading down the, the street and uh, just kind of minding his own business. And up ahead, maybe uh, 30, 40 yards ahead, uh, he, he sees, uh, sees a woman in the distance. She's coming out of her house. She's locking the door. Uh, she's starting down the steps to, to the sidewalk. And, uh, and, and he can kind of make her out. He, 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 can, he, he recognizes, he's never met her really, but he knows of her. He knows, knows of her reputation and uh, never met her personally. And, uh, and so she, she turns up the sidewalk and she begins walking towards him. And, and it's the first time now he's been ever this close to her. And, and she is just drop dead gorgeous. I mean, she's just the most beautiful woman that he's ever seen in her life. He's heard about women who take your breath away, never really met one. But this is the first time. She, he's just kind of taking a breath so he's trying to look nonchalant he's trying to look like he belongs he's trying to look just like no big deal right he just wants to kind of walk by just act cool uh, don't, don't, don't act surprised so he's just kind of walking towards her and, and of course he's just suspecting maybe she'll go by maybe she'll say hi maybe, maybe not and the closer she gets the more beautiful she is and he's not really sure what's going to happen he's just kind of playing it cool just kind of wants to keep, keep on going but he is totally surprised because, because when, he, when, they, when they get there instead of just passing by she actually stops she actually stops and she engages him in conversation, and, and then it's what happens next that's going to change the course of his life forever. Well, today we're uh, we're continuing the series that we started about a month ago, and again, for those of you who are brand new, and every week God's bringing people are new, and uh, for those of you who are new, we want to welcome you, we're just glad you're here uh, we're praying that God would send us people that, whether you're far from God or close to God or whatever, or in background, that you just have a hunger for God. You want to know Him. You want to be transformed by Him, uh, the God who's made you. And so we're excited you're here. Uh, but I always like to stop just for a moment and kind of bring you up to speed on, on like where we're going in the series. So you can see on the walls, the series is called Just Do It. It's a series on the book of James. And so this is, uh, we're studying a letter in the New Testament that's written from uh, a man named James who is actually Uh, the younger brother of Jesus, half-brother, one of the key leaders in the early movement of Jesus. And he's writing very young in the early of Jesus, like when the movement of Jesus was very young. In fact, many scholars believe that this particular letter in James is the very first document we have in our whole New Testament. So when we're studying this letter, what we're getting is a window into the, the, the very first window into the movement of Jesus in our New Testament. And uh, what we've learned so far is that this, this, uh, this letter is incredibly practical. Like uh, uh, the first week we learned that when you come to Jesus, that you become a slave of Jesus. That's what it means to become a follower of Jesus. And yet it's the slavery that leads to ultimate freedom in our life. Uh, next week we talked about hard times and how, how God brings hard times or allows hard times in our life to help us grow and change us and shape us. And we talked about how that works. And then the next week we talked about wisdom and, and how God uh, uh, is the ultimate source of wisdom, and, and when you need it, how you get it, and, and where it comes from. And then last week we talked about self image, and, and how now that you're a follower of Jesus, uh, how should we see ourselves? How should we see each other in this new movement of Jesus? And so today we come to the next practical topic on the table, which is temptation. Now, now uh, just want to check, uh, see who I'm talking to. Uh, anyone ever dealt with any temptation? In, in your life, okay. The others of you are dealing with um, telling lies right, right now. Um, yeah, we've all been there, right? And so, whether it's too early to raise your hand or not, uh, that we have all been. It's like Mike. It's rainy. I'm tired. I'm not raising my hand. Um, so, uh, just you know, you know, I'm gonna say. I know you know. I'm talking. Um, and, and so we've all been there. So here's what I'd like you to do today. is We're going to talk about temptation, but what I need you to do is I want to get your temptation front and center in your mind right now. Now, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to share that temptation. Uh, it'd be a little overwhelming, but, um, but but I want you to think about what are the biggest temptations in your life? It could be one in the past, it could be one in the present, but I want you to fix it in your mind right now, okay? So can, can you do that for me? Can you just take a mental, just a mental picture, like if you say, what is the biggest temptation in your life, or over the course of your life, what's been the biggest temptation? And I want you to kind of, kind of lock in on that, so that as we're talking today about temptation, it's not just ethereal, it's really something you've dealt with, that you've you felt the lure, you felt the, the attraction, you felt the pull, okay? So you, so you all got it? Okay, and now we'll turn to your neighbor. No, just kidding. Um, <clears throat> all right, so here's what we're gonna do. We're, we're going to uh, uh, take our Bibles, and then we're gonna jump in. And so there on your note sheet, you have a section. It's called Temptation. It's source at its destination. And we're gonna look at uh, five or six verses in James, starting at verse 13, chapter one and verse 13. <laughs> okay, so here we go. So, so when tempted, verse 13, when tempted, uh, no one should say, God is tempting me. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not the first thought that comes to my mind when I'm going through temptation. And at first, It's not right, really God is tempting, but, but I think James wants to start here because, because as a human race, as a fallen race, that we always have a, ten, uh, a, a, a tendency that when we're tempted and make stupid decisions to blame it on someone else, don't we? And the ultimate person to blame it on is God. And so uh, what, what he wants us to understand is that when you're going through temptation, that this is not something God is bringing into your life. Like it's not the way God works. Like God doesn't set up temptation to see if you really love him. Right and send, let's, hey, let's see if they're really loyal to me. Let's see if they really love me. I'm gonna send this temptation into their life to test them, right? That that's not how God works. And he goes on to explain why it's not. And he says, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. And so one of the things we're gonna be learning today is we're gonna be talking about who God is. And so one of the James think, wants us to understand is, is that God is the source of everything that's good and right and true in our life. That There's nothing evil in him. He's never done one evil thing in his whole life. And so he has nothing to do with evil. He's not gonna be working with evil trying to bring it into your life to, to see how you respond. That's not how he works. And so until he goes on he says, but here's the truth about temptation, that each one is tempted <laughs> when by his own evil desire, he's dragged away and enticed. Here's the truth about temptation. That temptation comes from what we call here our dark side, right? So so our last series was in Galatians and we called it freedom. One of the things we learned is that uh, as followers of Jesus, that when we come to Christ, We receive his Holy Spirit who comes to change us from the inside out, live within us, bring the DNA of Jesus in us, new new desires, new values, right? So we come to Christ, there's a transformation, and yet we learned in Galatians chapter 5 that we still have a dark side, don't we? And and we still have, and the dark side has this kind of, it's part of our fallen human nature with its magnetic pull towards that which is evil and destructive, and we all have one. And so James says, that's where temptation's coming from, it's not coming from God, it's coming from your dark side. And notice how he says this at the end of verse 14. He says, uh, "When it, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Now, I want you to underline those words. Dragged away and enticed. We'll come back to these later. But in the Greek, these are actually words that refer to hunting and fishing. Okay, they're, they're terms that refer to hunting and fishing. And so, the, the, what he's saying is that when, ta- when t- temptation is like a hunter, temptation is like a fisherman. So if you've gotten fish and you, you bait that hook, right, you cast it out there and you're trying to lure that stupid little fish Towards your hook, who's sometimes smarter than you are. But you're trying to lure him in because why? Because it looks good, but you're trying to stir it Because once you bite, you're going to be hooked. And so he says that temptation is. It's like a hunter is leading you into a trap. It's like, it's like a, a, a fisherman who's trying to lure you in. And then in verse 15, he goes on, he says, and then after desire has conceived. Okay, so temptation is this evil desire that comes from within. After it's conceived, Now he's changing the metaphor. So no longer now is temptation like a hunter or a fisherman. Uh, Temptation is like an evil seductress who's trying to lure you into her bed. He says, so, so if you sleep with your temptation, is the idea. If you sleep with, if you, if you go to bed with your temptation, you've got this, this desire from within you, from the dark side, and if you entertain that, and if you fantasize with that, and if you flirt with that, and, and eventually you're going to go to bed with that, and if you do, then it's going to conceive. All right, There's going to be a pregnancy in your life. And so he goes on to talk about that, and he says, uh, then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. It gives birth to an action. So so the temptation may not be a sin, but, but you, you flirt with it, you play with it long enough, you, you get as close to the line as possible, and suddenly you hit a tipping point and you go over, and, and now you commit the sin, you, you act on that desire. So he says that it will give birth to sin, and he says, and then catch this, he says and, and sin when it's full grown underline that full grown when your sin is full grown then it gives birth to what to death okay so he says this is the truth about uh, this is about truth about temptation how it works and so the next the very the next verse is so don't be deceived my dear brothers In other words, uh, don't think that temptation comes from God. It's not from him. Temptation comes from your dark side, and and it leads to death. And so don't be deceived about where it's coming from or where it leads. And so then he's going to come back, and he's going to talk to us about God again. He's already talked about God and who God is, and he's not the source of temptation. But here he says, uh, for every good and perfect gift is from above. And so he says, here's the truth about God. is that God is the source. We'll talk about this more later today. God is the source of every good thing in your life that you've ever experienced. He, he's, a, he's the creator of the cosmos. Everything in your life that you've ever experienced, you said, that was good, guess who created that? That's, that's who he is. So the truth about God is he's not against you Kind of to lure you. He's for you. Every good thing you've ever experienced comes from him. And then he goes on to define this God. And he says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. In other words, from the creator of the cosmos, the sun, the moon, the stars. Right? He's the creator of all things. And he says, who does not change like shifting shadows. And so every good and perfect gift comes down from the creator of all things, but unlike his creation that does change over time, like the heavenly lights, as the sun, the moon, the stars, as they move through their, their courses, uh, that they cast different shadows throughout the day or throughout the night, uh, as the, the earth rotates around the sun, as, as, as we go through the seasons of the year. He says, but unlike the creation that does change over time, the creator never changes. He's always created good. He's always for you. You can always count him. There's never any evil in him. And then he goes on to uh, talk about uh, the ultimate proof of his goodness. And so what we're going to learn today is the ultimate proof of God's goodness is not in creation. The ultimate proof is in our redemption. And so he says, for he chose to give us birth. In other words, he, he caused for us his Christ us for your life, my life, He called us to come to Christ, and he gave us new birth, didn't he? And how did that happen? It happened through the cross of Jesus Christ, didn't he? That that it was through the death of his son that, that God comes after this rebel race. He enters into the race, and while we were his enemies, uh, while we were hating him, that he came after us to to rescue us. And so the ultimate proof of his goodness, of this God, is not just the creation, but it's redemption. And so it says that he chose to give us birth so we could be, we could be born again uh, through his Holy Spirit, through the cross, Uh, Through the word of truth, the message of the gospel, that we might be the kind of first fruits, kind of the most valuable part of all he's created. And so he's the creator of all things, uh, the cosmos, uh, sun, moon, stars, everything. But the most important part of the creation, guess what, is you and I because as he's redeemed us and brought us back, we're his sons, we're his daughters, and so we might be the first fruits of all he's created. Okay, so, so there's the passage, right? So, so basically, it's a passage that talks about, here's who God is, uh, here's the truth about temptation, and if you follow temptation, this is where it will lead in your life. And so we kind of follow the flow. Now, here's what we want to do. In the time that we have today, I want to break this down. I want to focus in on a couple key principles that that uh, James lays out here that are absolutely important for us to grab hold of if we're going to win over temptation in our life. Like if we're, if we're going to be successful in temptation, we've got to understand these two kind of basic but profound principles he lays out. So there on your note sheet, you have a section... <coughs> called The God and Temptation, The Promise and the Price, right? And so I'm going to lay these out. Again, uh, uh, very straightforward, very simple, very basic, and yet incredibly profound as we dig into them, all right? So here we go. The, the first thing that, that James wants us to understand, if we're going to win over temptation, is that God is good. That he's, he's absolutely good. Now, this may seem uh, obvious. Uh, it may seem simple. But, but trust me, this is incredibly profound. Because what, what James is saying here is, is that, uh, that when you go through temptation, it's important for you to understand that God is not behind that, that he has nothing to do with temptation, he has nothing to do with evil, that's not who he is, that this God that we follow is the source of everything that's good and right and true. He's never done an evil thing in all his life, nor will he, he's incapable of doing evil, because this is not, not in his nature to do evil. And so this is incredibly important, because unless we catch this, we will be vulnerable, to temptation in our life. It's kind of a key, to kind of, kind of really uh, diving into this understanding, it's a key to winning over temptation. And so to, to help us understand this, uh, I, I wanna go, go back to the beginning of the human story today, all right? So, so not, the, not the beginning of the human story uh, as is told by our culture. Right, So our culture tells a story, the beginning of, of human uh, a story. Uh, we're going to go back, what, 4.5 billion years in time. We're, we're going to go back to a universe that's always existed and, and, and to a universe that is self-generating, that for reasons no one can ever understand, it just begins to, to create uh, over time. And over so 4.5 billion years, we have this universe of incredible complexity and beauty and brilliance uh, that, that was just happened without a designer. It just kind of was a random set of accidents over a long period. You're an accident, I'm an accident. Okay, so, so that's the story of our culture. Now, we're gonna go to a different story. We're gonna go to the story as told by uh, the, the book of Genesis and the story that is, by the way, is endorsed by Jesus as being the true story. And so if you go back to the opening chapters of Genesis, uh, we have this story that is told and, and the story begins with the story of this incredible God, this uh, this, this God that's uh, incredibly uh, uh, powerful, uh, incredibly beautiful, uh, incredibly intelligent, brilliant God, uh, who is absolutely good. Okay, he's just perfectly good thoroughly good. And he's also complex. He's more complex than any person we've ever met. In fact, uh, as the story unfolds in the Bible, we find out that this God who is creating, he's, he's this one God. There's a oneness about him, and yet there's a threeness about him. And so, so he exists forever uh, as one God in these three persons beyond us to understand that, that he's a father, he's a son, he's a spirit, and that these, these uh, three are living in a community of love uh, and and uh, uh, humility and service and joy from all of eternity, right? And so, so this is, the, the story opens up with this is the God that's there, and, and so the story begins as God begins to speak, and as he begins to speak, uh, creation begins to spring forth from his mouth, so to speak. He, he, the, the creation begins to be spray out, and so he's, he's just He's speaking into existence. He's speaking galaxies. He's speaking uh, molecules. He is speaking quarks. He's just speaking complexity and so as he speaks this incredible world is taking form and everything about it is good right it's 100% good and so uh uh, at each stage of this creation and by the way in this creation story we are not told the age of the story we're not told the age of the earth many Christ followers have uh, have different opinions on on the age of the earth it may be 4.5 billion years for all we know but but the story is told that that this God is speaking this world into existence, all right? And everything is good. And so at every stage of the story, he even stops and comments that everything was good. Like over and over, it's good. And and now he comes to the high point of his creation. And the high point is this first man, this first woman, that are designed to rule and to reign and to represent him. They are like him. They are to be his representatives. They're the high point of creation. And they are the ultimate good in this whole creation. In fact, after they're created, this, this God steps back and he says, he looks at everything he's created and it's very good. And it's absolutely good because he can only do good. This is who he is, right? Everything is good, and so it's not just this creation is good. But but their relationship is good. It's incredible, and so he moves them into their first apartment. They call it a garden, right? This is the first couple. So you got the first king, you got the first queen. They're, they're ruling. Their place of their rule is is this garden, and it's magnificent. And their relationship is perfect. It's perfect love. It's perfect relationship. There's no nagging. It's just like uh, <laughs> whatever. Uh, it, it's just like it's awesome right, All the relationship, and, and so in Hebrew, we say there was shalom, there, there was shalom, there was perfect beauty and harmony and peace throughout the whole universe, there was nothing evil in it, okay, so, so that's the start of the human story, and, and so now we're set up for the very first temptation in human history, and here's what I want you to catch, the very first temptation is a prototype of every major temptation you will ever face in your life, all right? And so so here's the story. So if we get into chapter three, you've got this incredible scene set where all of a sudden the great enemy of the human race comes and he makes an accusation. And what is the accusation? The accusation is very simple, that this God that you trust is not who he says he is. That's the accusation. This God that you trust, this God that you love, he does not love you. He's not looking out for your own best interests. He's not looking out for your good. That if you want truly the good life, are you with me here? If you want the good life, you need to leave the leadership of this God. And and I realize that that all of creation, all the evidence points to his goodness right now, but he's not really looking out for your good. He's not good. He's not who he appears. And if you want the good life, you have to reach out and take it. You have to rebel against his leadership in your life. If you want the good life, you're going to have to make it happen. And there's not a lot he can point to, to to kind of make his case because everything is good around. So he points to the one thing that God has said that these people cannot do. There's just one thing they can eat of any of the trees as much as possible, but there's one thing they can't do. There's one tree that they can't eat of. And interestingly enough, it's called the Tree of the knowledge of the what of good, of good and evil, right? And, and so everything is good in this creation, and, and yet there's one tree. It's the knowledge of the good that's getting that from, and, and so it's as if God has said, "There, I want you to trust me for what's truly good in life, and I want you to trust me to to." I will show you what is good in you. I want you to trust me for that. Don't go out on your own and try to figure this out or you'll experience good and evil the hard way, all right? And so, so this, this enemy comes and the accusation is, you see he's holding you back, that, that he's not looking out for your life. If you want the good life, you have to go out and grab it. Okay? Now, here's what I want you to catch. This is the accusation that's the heart of every temptation that you will ever face in your life. Every major temptation. The temptation is that God is not really good. He is not looking out for your best and if you want the good life, you have to go out and make it happen. You're gonna have to violate the leadership of this God in your life. You have to violate his word in your life and you're gonna have to go out and make it happen. So so let me, let me give you some examples just to make sure that we're, we're following this. Uh, uh, let me give you two or three examples. Let's say you're 27 years old. Uh, let's make it 29. That will make it a little bit better. Uh, you're 29 years old, and you're single. You've never been married, and you're a believer, and you want to be married, and, but the reality is, uh, and you want to marry a believer because you know what the Bible says, very clear, if you're a believer, you need to marry another believer. It will not work out well if you don't, and so... Uh, so so you, you believe that, but it 's been two years since you've had a date and and there are no eligible believers uh that you're interested on the horizon and so now you're you're going uh, at your job there's this girl there, or there's this guy there, uh, you know depending on who you are uh, and uh speak clear on that uh, and so um we'll be like an ambidextrous type illustration uh so uh there's this there's this person there that you're interested in, and, and they're not a believer. You know that about them, but they grew up uh, in a good, they had some kind of good you know that's kind of a solid, maybe kind of Catholic upbringing, or they had some kind of solid kind of uh, uh, and, and good family values. They're a good good person, right? And, and so you really like them, and so you're 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 hanging out with them. Some you're getting more and more interested, and now the temptation is that that you know what, they're not a believer, but they're a good person. And maybe if I would date them, maybe they would come to Christ and, and so whatever the thing is. And so so now this temptation's happening. But I want you to catch this. What is at the heart of the temptation? At the heart of the temptation is that God has said that he's good and I've given you this, this, this uh, boundary for your own protection and so don't go there. And the temptation is, no, if I, I don't believe God is smart enough or good enough and that if I want the good life, I'm going to have to go outside of his word to make it happen. Are, are you with me on this? This is, tempta- this is, the, this is what happens in every temptation. Uh, let me give you another example. There's someone in your life who has hurt you bitterly. He hurt you deep. Maybe it's an ex-spouse. Maybe it's a friend who betrayed you. Maybe it's a parent who molested you. Maybe someone who has hurt you deeply. Like it's a boss who, who, who really uh, just kinda, kinda did you wrong. But, uh, but there's someone who's hurt you and you hate them. I mean, the reality is if you had a gun and there was a way to legally shoot them and get away with it, I mean, you would be like, yes, praise the Lord. You know, it's like, uh, so th- we we're talking dark side in full force is, is reaching out right so so you you just you and so you fan you you're tempted to fantasize about what you're going to do to them or what's going to happen to them or how you're going to get them back and so there is this huge desire coming from your dark side to take them out and what slander uh, uh, get back you know whatever the thing is and so now you have Jesus talking to you and says no I, I as my follower I, I want you to forgive them and I want you to leave the whole justice issue to me that I will judge. I will take care of this in my own time, but I want you to trust me with it. I want you to release it, right? Now, everything within you is screaming out for justice. Everything within you is screaming out that, no, that's not fair. I can't let this person get away with this. That would be wrong. The universe would be off kilter. And so, we need to get this thing fixed. And so, the question is, Do you believe, when God says, let this go, do you believe that he's good, and he's warning you, and that he's protecting you, and he's looking out for your best interest, and that's why he said, forgive them, or do you believe that God is not really looking out for you, that this reason that he says forgive is somewhat arbitrary. It's an arbitrary rule that he made up just to make himself feel better or whatever to hoop for you to jump in. And that if you really want the good life, you're gonna to need to go outside of his leadership and go get it. And it's only then that you'll have peace in your life when you see this person get their, what they deserve. You see what I'm saying? Uh, let, let me give you another illustration. Um, it's 11 o'clock at night. You're sitting at your computer. You're about to go to bed. You're in a marriage that's been... Uh, not very fulfilling for the last five years. And, and you're really, it's just kind of, a, it's, kind of a, it's, just, it's going nowhere. Uh, maybe it's going, it's kind of slowly getting worse. You feel the distance. Uh, you, there's an emptiness inside of you in your marriage. And all of a sudden you check your Facebook and there's an email from the person you haven't thought of in 15 years that you went to the prom with in, in, in high school. And, and so they're just checking in, and they say, I just saw you on Facebook, just saw your, your name, and, and, and it's like, is, is this really you? Is this the person who does this and this and this? And, and so you start this conversation, right? And so you're a couple of weeks into this now, and, and you've started this conversation. Every night you're checking in, and, you, and, and, and now the Holy Spirit is telling you, you do not want to go here. The Holy Spirit's telling you, back off from this. Don't go there. Don't pursue this relationship. But the reality is in your life that you've come to look forward to this 11 o'clock meeting. You've started chatting now online that this has become the high point of your day. This is what you're looking forward to more than anything. You're like, oh, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to be crazy or whatever, but it's just like an old friendship, and I just kind of we're just kind of doing this thing. And, and so the Holy Spirit's telling you, don't go there. Knock it off. Stop this relationship, right? The Holy Spirit's kind of screaming at you, right? And and you're like, no, no, no. Why? Because this this has brought me life, but I'm having fun again. I've got more joy in my life. And so life is now working out. And so, so the question is, do you believe that God is good? that he loves you, that he's looking out for you, and that his instructions are always to protect you, never to restrict you. Do you believe that, you see? Or do you believe that in order to have the good life, you need to go outside of his leadership and forge it on your own? Are you with me in this? You Let me you. This is the core of what temptation is about. At the core of temptation is about what you believe about God. at At the heart of temptation comes down to what do you believe in your heart of hearts about God? And so James says, let's start the conversation there. He says, this God, he's not the one who's tempting you. In fact, this God is the source of everything that's right and good and true about life. He is the creator of the cosmos. He is the father of the heavenly lights. He is the one who's created all things. He's the one who said everything is good. He's the one who's given you every good thing in your life when you wake up in the morning and, and you and you wake up and you smell the the, the the fresh air of the dawn and you go out and it's brilliant outside the, the, the sunrise is coming on he's the one who gave you that when you go to the Pacific Ocean and you're there at, at uh, sundown and you're watching the water, the gold ball come down on the edge of, 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 the, of the ocean in the distance and all of a sudden it's golden, the whole thing turns out golden and you're surfing and you're at eye level and you can see that thing, and you're out on the waves, Is that is God. When you're skiing the slopes uh, in the Rockies or the Alps, and it's an incredible day, and it's just so picturesque. this is the God who gave you that. When you're making love to your wife, and it's the most exquisite moment, this is the God who designed that. When you're out with friends, and you're having an incredible dinner, and the wine is right, and the food is perfect, and the laughter is flowing, this is the God who created that. You see, when you're learning, when you're growing, when you're reading a great book, when you're moved with creativity, when you're running down the beach and working out and the endorphins are flowing, this is the God who's created that. He is the source of everything that is right and good and true in this world. And the evil one has never created one good thing. All Satan can do is take what God has created and screw it up and use it for desperate and and, and damaging purposes. This is the God we serve. He is a God of the Father of all the heavenly lights. You see, he is the source of everything right and true. He is the source of every good and perfect gift. Are you with me? Are you with me? Okay. And so, so James says, if you don't get this, if you don't get who God is, when temptation comes, you're given in. Because here is the reality. When temptation comes in your life, and you know it because I asked you to put that in your, your mind. What is it? Is it Gossip? right? Is it gossip? Is it that power that comes from being in the know? Is it sexuality? Is it some kind of pleasure? Is it possession? Like what is it? Is it a person, a place? Like what is it that is your temptation? Here's the reality. When temptation comes, it is a powerful force and it is a powerful enemy, And if you do not believe in your heart of hearts that God loves you and he's looking out for you and he's the brightest person in the universe, if you do not believe that, let me tell you something, you will fall. You will fall. And so James says, and you know what? The very best proof, this God who loves you, is not the wine at dinner, it's not what you experience in your bedroom with your wife, it's not the the fellowship of friends, if you want to understand how much he loves you, it's the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the price that he paid to come after a fallen world who hates him and spit on his face and beat him to a pulp, but he refused to quit coming because he loved us with such a passion that he wanted to give us new birth, you see? And so, so this is the truth. He says, if you want to win over temptation, you start with who God is. Okay? Now, number two, there's a second thing that we have to learn about, about to win over temptation. And, and it goes like this, that temptation is a lie. The second truth that we have to understand is that temptation is a lie. Um, now what is the lie? The lie is what we just talked about. That if you want the good life, you, you need to go out from under God's leadership and you need to take it, that's the lie. The lie is, if you follow temptation, you will be happier, that, that within every temptation, that is the lie, that if you pursue this temptation, life will be better, you'll be you'll, happier. Now, here's what I want you to catch. This is often true in the short run, and I think as Christ followers, we often miss this, and pretend this is not true, but it, it's, it's, that this is often true in the short run, like that if you pursue your temptation in the short run, Life may be better. It often is. It, it, it's it, at least it, you know whatever. It's more. It's more charged. Whatever. Um, I, I think with me like um, like if your temptation is substance abuse, uh, don't you agree with me that if you shoot up, if you get high, well, you, that you feel better, right? That's why. That's why we do that, right? It's like you you do. You feel better that. It's like, in the short run, it's, it's better. Like, if you can't afford the new car, but you go onto the lot and you buy the new car, uh, you, get to, you get the new car smell, don't you? Right? Like, it pays off. And you get to drive that thing back and park in the driveway and show your friends, and it's, it's just awesome. You know, until, until the bills start coming, what, six months later, because they've been deferred or delayed. You know? Uh, is a, uh, are, are you with me on this? That temptation pays in the short It does. I, I remember uh, once, before I met Lynn, I, I met this girl, and uh, I, I had recently just come out of a bad relationship, like, have you ever been, like, in a really bad one? Um, like, it was a bad relationship, the reason it was bad, we were both, we were both Christ followers, or, or you know, claiming to be, whatever, we weren't really living like it, but um, we, we, we uh, you know, we were both Christians, uh, I met this girl, I'd been in the relationship a year and a half, when, and it just, it just gotten south. And the reason it got south was because we were violating God's sexual standards. We, we were breaking boundaries. You know, we, we were pushing back. We were pushing back physical boundaries. And so after about a year, I finally got out of that. And, and I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that. But w- when you are, it's like as you get out. You just need some time to get your head together, right, spiritually. And so I'd made this commitment to God. I was going to go on a relational fast. And you know, so I'm not going to date for a while. That, that I'm just gonna pursue you, I'm gonna get my head back together, I'm gonna to get, get kind of get my act together, and, and I'm gonna grow again, and because I'm just in no shape to go into the, another relationship. And so, so right after that, of course, it gets tested. Don't so you make a commitment, it gets tested, right? So, so this beautiful girl moves into our uh, area. She moved in from San Francisco, I was living in North San Diego County. She moves in from San Francisco, and I mean, she is bright, and she is beautiful, and she's funny, and, and she's a strong believer, and she likes me. And, and this is a combination I wasn't used to in, in my life. And so uh, it was it was very heady, right? It was Very heady, very heady stuff. I couldn't believe it. She actually, and we, we started hanging out. And, and of course, I, I wasn't, you know, into dating. And so I was just very much myself. And you're not trying to, you know, do anything. You know, kind of the weird dating stage things you're trying to do. And so uh, I just kind of being myself. And so we just hit it off. We're having fun And so all of a sudden, you're turning a corner. You're realizing, and I've got a lot of feelings for this. And she's got a lot of feelings for me. And so And so I the temptation comes to date her, right? Now, I've made this commitment before God that I'm not going to date, but, but I've got this incredible opportunity, right, to, to date. And so what do you think I did? Yeah, I dated her. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It was just like too good a deal to pass up. Like, this only like, comes along every once in a while, you know? Like, bright, beautiful, funny, likes me, loves God. Like, what's not to like, you know? It's like, well, maybe I shouldn't have made, if I'd known that I'd made that commitment, uh... I probably, if I would known this was coming. um, And and so, uh, yeah, I I did it. So here's the question. So how do you think that worked out? It was awesome. (laughs) It was like the best relationship I've ever had. I mean, I felt like I was in a movie. I was like, I'm looking around for cameras. It was so romantic. The chemistry was so amazing. The talks, we, I just, it was incredible. I, I, I'll never forget that first date. It was just like from heaven. Unbelievable, right? Of course, it didn't last. Because over time, my heart's just eating me up. Because I, I've made this commitment to God. The Holy Spirit's all over me. It's like it's destroying me. And so finally, I've got to break up with her. It breaks her heart, breaks my heart, horrible pain involved. Takes years to heal. I'm not sure it ever really healed, right? So here's what I want you to catch: when James says that temptation is a lie, the like he's not saying it doesn't work at all. Okay, we we, we see the best lie is the lie that has the most truth. And so when Satan comes and says that if you do this, it will be, you'll be happier. When temptation comes says, if you buy into me, you'll be happier. There is some truth to that in the short run. But what James has noticed, he says, when sin is full grown, remember that word? When it's full grown, at the end of the day, at the end of the story, it will rob you of your life. You know, he started the day with this story of this young man. You know, he's, he's walking out his door, he's headed down the street, he's, uh, he, he's heading for uh, some friend's house, going to walk through a block, to, decides to take a, a route he's not taken before. He's coming down, he sees her coming out in the distance, kind of recognizes her, knows her rep, uh, uh, but never met her personally, and now she's coming, and she is, she is drop-dead gorgeous, and she is dressed to kill. I mean, it looks like she's going out clubbing or something. She's got, she's got her uh, high heels on, got the short skirt, got the tight, uh, low-cut blouse, and she is just drop-dead gorgeous. So he's just trying to look normal. He's just trying to not, you know, kind of lose it, uh, look, look silly. He's kind of trying to walk by her, look very nonchalant, just kind of play this thing cool. That when, when she gets there, she, she stops. She's looking maybe ask for directions or whatever. But, but no, she's, she's actually initiating conversation with him. And, and before he knows what's going on, sh- she's making a move on him. She's got her hands around his neck. She's pulling him to herself, body tight against him. She's kissing him, tongues in, her, in his mouth. I mean, just, she's just going for it, right? And, 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 it's, and it's like his, his head swimming. He's like deer in the hell. He does not know what's going on. And then she breaks away and she begins to tell this story about she's been looking for him, she's been watching him, she, she's heard of him, she knows him, she's been captivated by him, and she's, she's actually come out looking for him. Uh, right, right now, and now his head is is really swimming, and every alarm bell in his mind is going off. Right, like this is not the way he's raised. He doesn't know a lot about her, but he knows that she's a married woman. This is something he said he would, he would never do, and everything's going going crazy. And she can tell he's wavering. She can tell he's he's fighting this, and so now she's going for the for the juggle. She's she's going, in. and here's the thing: he's just he's just flat out stupid. This guy is stupid. He he really thinks it's about him. He's buying into the story he doesn't realize this woman has issues, that no woman just acts like this, right? That, that this woman has issues. She's got d- issues with her father, and this is how she's worked them out her whole life, by, by finding her next man, and, and it's like, this is the way she, she makes sure that she's beautiful, and she's attractive, and she's okay. It's not about him. He's the next boy toy, but he, he doesn't, he's just too stupid to realize. He thinks it's really about him, and it's just so flattering and so unbelievable, and, and so now she can tell he's wavering, and she's saying, you gotta come up to my place. I've, I've got the bed already. It's four posts her bed, it's high bed. It's incredible. We got mirrors around the room. We got, we got candles going on. We got incense going on. It's like this is incredible. And he's, he's still wavering. And she just, and she pulls out all this stuff. She says, "Come, I want you. Would you just come and make love to me all night long?" And it's like every young man's dream. It, it's like the fantasy come true. And I want you to catch what I want you to catch. What Solomon says happens in this story, okay? It's there in your note sheet. It's in Proverbs chapter seven. And so, here's what Solomon says. Here's how it goes. He says, "With persuasive words, she led him astray, and she seduced him with her strong talk." And I want to catch the next words. All at once, I want you to underline that. Yeah. All at once. This is how temptation works. It starts with the evil desire within us, right? But when we sleep with our temptation, when we flirt with our temptation, that, there comes a tipping point in every temptation, doesn't there? There comes a tipping point where, where if you hang around too long, like what we need to do with temptation, you need to run away from it. But if you play with temptation, you date your temptation, you sleep with your temptation, there comes a point where, of, of no return. There comes a point of a tipping point. There, there comes a point you, you can't believe in God anymore. Just, the evidence is too strong their to side. And so he says, all at once, he follows her, catches like an ox going to the slaughter. In other words, like a fat, dumb cow. What he's saying. He's, like, like, he's going thinking, oh, this is cool. We're going for dinner. This could going to be good. They're like, no, no, no. We've been fattening you up for the slaughter. And then he changes the metaphor it's the, it's the hunting and fishing metaphor. The hunter he says, "It's just like a deer stepping into a noose." And the picture he's painting is just like there's a hunter hiding in the bushes, and he set this noose on the ground for this for this deer to step into. And once he steps it, he's, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna pull that that noose right, and the, and the thing's gonna is gonna be cut up. And then he's gonna be there with his bow and arrow, and he's gonna he's gonna to, he's gonna let the, the the arrow fly into the side of this deer. And so he says, "It's like." It's like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces its liver. All of a sudden, the, the deer takes the bait. He steps in. He's going up. He feels the, the, the arrow going in his side, piercing his, his side. He, he's like, he's, he's stuck. He's taking the bait. Uh, it's like a bird darting into a snare, going for the grain, looks safe, looks good, and not realizing that, that what's about to happen. And look what it says last. Next is, little knowing that it will cost him his what? His life, okay. And so James says, that the lie is that if you pursue me, you will get life. You'll, you'll get more of life. He says, it's a lie. The truth is, if you pursue me, it will rob you of your life. And this is what James says. If you go back to James uh, chapter 1 now again, verse 13 and 14, I want you to catch this, this exact same analogies that we've seen in this passage is what James is playing off of in, in chapter 1 of James. And so in verse 14, he says, but each one of us is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Remember what I told you about those words? Dragged, they're, enti- they're hunting and fishing words. Are you with me? So he says, this is the truth about temptation. Like, like I like to fish uh, every once in a while. And, and, and I know what it's like, you know, you're in that Sierras. the pool's coming down there, and you, you, you bait that hook, and you throw it in the dark water, and then you let it go down, and you, like, you're trying to fool the fish, right? And so that fish is, like, looking and looking and looking, in violent strikes. It comes that moment, it's like, you've convinced him, this is a good thing, and, and the moment he does, he's just like, he's one jerk away from his bite to my pan, right? You're like, right there, it's like, I've got him, I fooled him. And he says, that's the way temptation is. It's, it's, it's like a hunter who's staring you down. It's like like a fisherman who's casting out the bait. And once you take it, you, you're dead. It's going to lead to death. And then he goes on and he changes the analogy in verse 15. And he uses the same analogy that Solomon used. The, the analogy of, of illicit sexuality. And he says in verse 15... Then after desire is conceived, you've given in. It gives birth to sin. Once you sleep with your temptation, it says it gives birth to sin, and sin when it's full grown, it gives birth to what? To, to death, all right? And, and, so, and so you think back now, let's go back to the opening story of the human race. Let's go back to the prototypical temptation from which all temptation flows. And what's the story? God says, don't eat of the tree. I'm looking out for your best interest. In the day you eat of it, you will what? You will die, okay? And so, and so they eat of it. And so what happens? They die at every level. Catch this. Spiritually, they lose their relationship with God. The New Testament says we're spiritually dead. Uh, that, that God who was once their friend, God who was once the high point of their day when he would come to meet with them, has now become their enemy. They're afraid of him. They're hiding from him. They've they, they become anti-God. They've, they've rebelled against, as a race, we've been anti-God ever since. Uh, psychologically, up to this point, all that they had known, was love, joy, peace. What's their experience now? Immediately, it's shame, guilt, and fear. Right? Relationally, up to this point, there's been harmony, there's been peace, there has been joy, there has been friendship. The moment that sin comes in, Adam turns to God and says, It's not my fault, it's my wife's fault. And this one that he was created to love and protect, he just throws under the bus. And men have been doing it ever since. Right? Now I'm even. I'm even, right? I talked about nagging. I talked about throwing on the bus. <laughs> right. Socially what happens? The whole culture falls apart. They have kids. Their spiritual DNA is passed on. And, and you know what? Chapter 4 through 11 or Genesis there is to show us the effects of our rebellion. Because what happens is that what happens? There's Murder enters the human race. Polygamy enters the human race. Violence enters the human race. Uh, Theft enters the human race. Uh, Sexual immorality, lust enters the human race, right? It's like the whole thing goes down the tube. And then physically, they die, but all their descendants die. And look at us. We're all getting old. We're all dying, right? So this is the result of Sin it kills at every level. And this is why God warns and says, I love you, don't go there. And deep inside, each of us has to decide what do we believe about this God? Do we believe his warnings are, are his instructions are warnings to protect us, or do we believe they're restrictions to harm us? What do we believe about God? And so so James says, Listen, brothers and sisters, you Christ followers. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You're you're, you're brand new, but you also have a dark side. And so there are going to be times in your life you go through temptation. And there are going to be times it's intense. And when it happens, it's not from God. It's not from God. It's from your dark side. And you need to fight it and you need to run. Because if you don't, it will destroy you. The truth about God is that he loves you. He's the source of all this good and true. If you've ever questioned it, look at the cross of Jesus and the price he paid to cause you to be born again. And keep looking at the cross and keep staring at the cross and you trust that this God is good because he is for you, not against you. It is impossible for him to do evil. It's not in his nature and he's always looking out for you. So trust him. That's so all you trust him. Let's pray. Father, what, uh, what beautiful truth that you've laid out for us today, who you are, uh, what temptation is, the truth about temptation. And so, Lord, we, we pray that you'd help us to embrace this truth. Uh, Father, I pray for those right now that are here, they're struggling with a major temptation in their life. I, I pray for those right here, right now, that that are, have given into temptation, and as I've been speaking, uh, they're right in the midst of it, and, and they've, they've felt the, the arrow coming in their side. They, they've, they've already experienced this, and, and they're wondering, is there a way back? And Lord, we just thank you that through your cross, there's always a way back, that our relationship is never based on our performance. It's always based on yours on the cross, and, and so Lord, we, we, just, we, we, we run to the cross, and we, we embrace uh, the truth of the message of the gospel. And, and Lord, we thank you that, that if we do get off track, there's a way back. And so we pray, God, as, as Lauren sings, as we listen, as we let these words uh, wash over us, that you'd speak to us now, and, and you would uh, bring us to a place of uh, deeper trust, and if necessary, a deeper repentance. And we pray this in your name, amen. So what do you believe about God? Not not mentally, not theologically, but in your heart. What what do you believe about God? Is he for you or is is he against you? Is he brighter than you are or are you brighter than he is? Uh, Is he for you, against you? Is his word and his instructions, are they restrictive or are they Protective. him. Well, what do you believe about God? A- and what do you believe about temptation? Do you believe it's telling the truth about life and that if you pursue it, it will make you happier? Or do you believe it's a lie and then it will lead to death? Here's what I know, that what you believe in your heart of hearts about who God is and what temptation is will predict the future Of your life. The last night after service, met with a young girl. It's in a a bad relationship, an abusive relationship, and with a boyfriend that she knows is not good for her. We talked about it. What will she do? I, I don't know what she will do, but here's what I know: that what she will do will flow out of two things. What she believes about God and what she believes about temptation. There is no way around this. And the beautiful thing is, is that we can grow in our knowledge of God. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's his word, the word of truth, that gives us life. And his word today has come to us from James, the word of truth, that God is good, and temptation is lie. And may you let it speak to your heart and change you at a deep and core level. Because if you, you do, your future is bright. You will walk with him. And you will move from, from kind of glory to glory, as the New Testament says. You, you'll move from darkness to ever-increasing light. The light of the righteous is like the light of the morning sun that grows brighter and brighter until full day. See, but it all comes back to what do you believe? What do you believe about God? What do you believe about temptation? Next week we continue this journey through James, and we come to one of the great temptations of life, really, and it's anger. And uh, what do you believe about anger? And so I hope you can be here as we continue this journey. We talk about anger and how it doesn't accomplish the purposes of God in our life, and. What does it look like to be transformed from the inside out? and to be a person that is not an angry person, but a person of peace, a person of self-control that knows how to control that, that part of our life so it's not destructive. Until then, may the Lord be with you, and may he convince you that he is good and that he is true and that everything right and good and true in life you've ever experienced has been a gift of his hand. And the greatest good is the relationship he's brought to you through his son and through your salvation. Until then, may God be with you. See you next week. God bless. Well, that's going to do it for this week's message. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have putting it together. Please visit us at rockypeak.org where you can download more messages or have your questions answered. Remember, you can subscribe to our weekly podcast for free by searching for The Church at Rocky Peak from within the music store in your iTunes software. For Lead Pastor Mike Yearly and everybody up here at The Peak, thanks for listening.